morning. Thanks be to God. Thank you, friend. Last week, we talked about what it means to sin boldly, but to believe and rejoice in Christ even more boldly. We spent time with the idea that God loved the world enough to send Jesus to save the world through him. We talked about how that love opens space for us to be brave and make changes and begin to look toward what this church's future looks like. We talked about how a vision for church must emerge from among us. It must be personal and contextual and of the spirit of God. How we come here as individuals, the unique alchemy of these people in this place at this time, creates opportunities for ministry, some of which we have not yet discovered. Luther encouraged us to sin boldly, that is, to begin to make community-based reforms based on our consciences and understanding of the grace of God. This week, I want to talk about what it means to live boldly in terms of individual holiness. Who we are as individuals and what we do outside these walls bears significantly on who we are within them as a congregation. First, a little background on today's text. Scholars speculate that this letter was written to Timothy on the occasion of his baptism. Thus, we may read the epistle as an exhortation to the entire body of Christ. The letter ends as it begins. In the first chapter, the writer charges Timothy to fight the good fight and have faith and a good conscience. Here at the close, the charge is the same. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you are called and for which you made the good confession. 
So let's look to the text and see what we may glean about living boldly. Of course, there is great gain in godliness combined with contentment, for we brought nothing into the world so that we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. I don't know about you, but I grew up hearing the maxim, money is the root of all evil. First Timothy does not say or even support this. Further, this text is not a moralistic condemnation of the wealthy. Rather, it encourages us to find contentment with what we have, because pursuing material wealth causes people to wander away from the faith. That is, following after money means we are not following after God. In short, eagerness to be rich leads to idolatry. But what's fascinating here is the phrasing. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. The word used for people here means that the writer isn't only talking about how seeking riches harms the seeker, but also those lives that are destroyed by their pursuit, their exploitation, their hunger and hoarding. We are not told to flee from money, but from the desire for riches because it makes us cause harm to others as well as ourselves. Rather, we are to live lives of godliness combined with contentment. The writer tells us what to pursue in such a life. But as for you, man of God, shun all this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep the commandment without spot or blame until the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about at the right time, he who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords. It is he alone who has immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. I love that the writer centers Timothy's call in his identity as a person of God. As a person of God, because of his baptism, Timothy is called to shun the love of money and eagerness to be rich, which, quote, pierces people with many pains. Perhaps the most famous verse of this lection is this, fight the good fight of the faith, take hold of the eternal life. Perhaps a bit more accurately, it would read, contest the good contest. That is to say, the life to which we have been called requires significant stamina. A life with God and in community is not merely intellectual assent to principles. We are called to live deeply a commitment to pursuing righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. That is a life of wholeness. That is a life of boldness. This is also why we need the church. In many of our lives, it is easy to project an image. 
We're able to make people think that we are good and kind and upstanding and even holy. But in the context of intimate community, people see our challenges, where we are sharp-tongued, where we complain without intent to help make change, where we sow discord, where we are brash and arrogant and selfish. The gift of community is that in community, we see more easily the places God wants to bring healing. So it is with riches and prestige and influence. What places in your life need refining? What places need the grace of God and the love of community to heal inside our hearts? We cannot truly live boldly for God if we have swallowed the world's lies about what it means truly to be wealthy. All these are places God wants us instead to take hold of the eternal life. But what does that mean? The writer concludes, as for those who are in the present age rich, command them not to be haughty or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may, may take hold of the life that really is life. Our writer tells us to take hold of the eternal life, and then a couple of sentences later, exhorts Timothy to take hold of the life that really is life. We often think of eternal life as a futuristic goal, something we can earn after we behave well enough in this life. But biblical scholars contend the prize to which the author refers is to be seized upon in this life. That is, within this life, we find the present reality of the eternal. Theologian Karl Barth once opined that eternity is now, riffing on Jesus' proclamation in the Gospel of Mark that the kingdom of God is at hand. Stephanie Marr Smith writes, Barth argues that Christ was not looking into the temporal future, but describing a reality of the present. The kingdom has arrived now. Christ's coming interrupts present time with the eternal. Jürgen Moltmann went on to argue, the eschatology of the coming God calls to life the history of new human becoming, which is a becoming without any passing away, a becoming lasting into being in the coming presence of God. In other words, eternal life isn't something we are meant to look forward to. It is something we are meant to experience. It has already arrived because Christ has brought eternity into the midst of us. I don't know any better reason to live boldly than knowing we live in the eternal reality of the life of God. We always have and we always will. Real life, then, is the opposite of the destruction wrought by seeking after the temporality of riches. We are called to seek after God, to live in the knowledge of the eternal, which is always already here with us. To be rich in good works, generous and ready to share. How is this real life? The verse tells us that when we are generous, we are, when we live in a posture of sharing, we are storing up for ourselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future. The future, again, that is always already here. In short, when we live this way, we are building the very community to which we are called by God. That is the eternal life. When we are ensuring that everyone has enough, we get to experience something of the life of God here and now.
We are called to give and to live boldly. So friends, may we be bold in our proclamation that the kingdom of God is at hand and live in the eternal today, tomorrow, and always. Amen. Our final hymn today is number 354, Seek Ye First. We will sing both verses. Please stand in body and or spirit. commission you to pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Live boldly, trusting God with everything you are and everything you have. Take hold of the life to which God calls you and rejoice. bless you. As we leave this place, may our eyes be opened to those who do not have enough. With the love of Christ within us, may we see the hungry and the hurting, the abused and the forgotten. And with the prompting of the Spirit, may we seek to share the blessings we have been given. Go and make the kingdom come.
things just to make sure there's lots of cookies left.
coming i just finished a conversation that those kids are you know they're really sweet what you need um november 6th a man would like to have um the baby baptized so okay there's not a problem with that i just saw it she said she wanted me to ask because she's on vacation this week but she should gotcha she should be here next week yeah that's fine november 6th so yeah we can do that it's communion sunday oh all right that's true it will be because it's the first yeah it's I, fine with me, but I'm just saying it's communion yeah. Sunday. So if you want to just check with her and make sure I, that's okay. Yeah, I'll ask her. I'll ask her because, but I think that's the day that um, her brother is coming up from South Carolina. And I think that's when he can be here. So yeah. that's why. So. We'll do it when. Right. I'm happy to. I just was just I know, reminding I you. Know, like, yes, I know. <laughs> it just makes it that much longer. But, uh, Okie doke. We'll plan for that. And then you just let me know. Okay, yeah. Send me an email or text and we'll. Or I can talk to her next week, but yeah, she, yeah, there's plenty of time. But I, I didn't want to forget because she didn't send me that. She was curious. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, and daylight savings time. <laughs> so we're gonna fall back. Again, I don't mind that. I'm just saying that's right, exactly. more factors to. Yeah, but I, I think that she did that because that's all right. Yep. Coming up. Totally fine. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.